0: before this, so I got a lot of crummies.
1: My lunch today was uh, some leftover barbecued pork or no, it was leftover ribs and goldfish. I meant to eat more, but I was driving and could not safely munch and drive.
0: (laughs) Goldfish and ribs seem like diametrically opposed foods.
1: Well, the ribs, I I should specify, it was the ribs, but we picked all the meat off of the bone so it was more like pulled pork okay yeah and the goldfish was just because i wanted i i I was craving goldfish
0: (laughs) fair enough it's just like i ate like an entire bag of chips they're savory and they're succulent and they're usually of a high quality and you put put the sauce on them and then goldfish are just like dried out craft cheese whiz forced (laughs) into the shape of a cracker it's no flavor
1: do not besmirch the good name of goldfish in my house, Tanner. Well, I'm not in your house, am I? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't eat the other food that I brought over on my drive, which was uh, two entire loaves of zucchini bread. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you're just going to be eating them during the recording.
1: Oh, God, no, that would be terrible audio. And I would not do that to Emily.
0: <laughs> Tear big handfuls of zucchini bread off and just go. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but you're good you managed to see the the movie
1: i did (laughs) since the movie that we watched was a uh i I I would call it a a bad popcorn movie yeah and i offered to my dad like hey do you want to watch this movie with me because we like bad popcorn movies we like movies that are about natural disasters that are so bad they're good Uh and he was not interested in watching Kraken tentacles of the deep with me (laughs) <laughs> but it's probably for the best, all things considered.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I was desperately trying to watch it. I started it, and then halfway through I realized that I was going to be running it really tight. Like, the minute it ended, I would ha- be, like, copping onto another call for my other podcast. Yeah. And I also had my dinner in the oven while I was watching it, so I'm just sitting here like, Oh, God, speed run! <laughs> I cannot change the playback speed on Tubi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the one downside of... Your friend and mine, Tubi TV, is you can't uh, you can't change how fast the movie's going.
0: Yeah, the only other downside of your friend and mine, Tubi TV, is that uh, some stuff is region locked, which isn't even their fault. It's just weird that it's something that uh, happens to Tubi because, like, it's Tubi. You'd expect it to be a kind of a free for all.
1: <laughs> it's wild that they region locked this movie, "Kraken Tentacles of the Deep," a movie which seems to have been sponsored by Canada. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Also, when I was when I was examining uh, American Tubi, thanks to the power of uh, Mozilla VPN, hashtag OnSpawn, uh, I saw that <laughs> they actually have a lot of Cory Monteith movies on there.
1: I haven't done that deep of a dive, but... See, I mean, it's, it's I, not I... an
0: incredibly deep dive, but the, so they've got this. They've got Brothers and Sisters, which he did with um, that one guy from 90210 and Shit's Creek, and then he did... The other movie that's with the girl from Schitt's Creek, but not that one. The other one. Um, You know what? Hang on. (laughs) I (laughs) might actually pull up Corey's filmography.
1: See, I was thinking about it uh, on my drive today, and I was like, you know, this is the difference between Morphin Grid and Loser Like Me, is there's so many more people that have been on Glee than on a given season of Power Rangers on average. So we just have so many more movies that we can watch in Boko.
0: (laughs) We really do. Okay, yeah, so they've got They've got all the wrong reasons that Corey was in with Emily Hampshire from Schitt's Creek. And then he was also in Sisters and Brothers, which he was in with Dustin Milligan of Schitt's Creek. And then they've also got Hybrid, which I don't know anyone who else was in Hybrid. But I know it's a movie about Corey's character. He gets special eyes, but they're wolf eyes. And so he turns into a wolf man, which is really just him tearing a shirt off and getting covered in grime and going, Arr!
1: See that's delightful
0: Yeah And then he was also in like a softcore gay movie But like I don't think he any- did anything special in it Because the softcore was just like What if there were guys who had no shirts And they poured beer on each other But you know what When you're 13 years old And you're going through something You find those kind of clips on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> can't look at actual hardcore stuff because you go to the webpage and they have the whole legal stuff in front and they're like, it is illegal for minors to watch pornography. And you, with a minor, look at it and you go, oh no, I'm a minor. The lawyers will arrest me for allowing myself to watch the pornography.
1: Oh no. <laughs> I mean, that's never been me, but I'm sorry that <laughs> happened to you. <laughs>
0: Congratulations on you not having to worry about that.
1: Every day I thank the Lord.
0: Yeah, every day but I not in that, way. that I didn't stumble upon a huge cache of viruses trying to get my rocks off on the internet. Oh god. Speaking of a huge cache, do we want to start the episode?
1: <laughs> yes, let's do it.
0: Do you start or do I start?
1: Tanner, I have no idea. I just drove for four and a half hours. My brain, except for the notes that I took when I watched this movie, are soup.
0: You know, you could have mentioned beforehand that you were coming off a massive road trip. I'm sorry no like like i'm not mad at you but it's like if you had said a few weeks ago hey tanner i will be driving home during this day maybe we should pick a different day i would have said sure thing i didn't
1: i didn't know until like last week that i was gonna be going to see my parents and then i thought today that i would be able to make it in time for our usual recording and then traffic but i'm here now so let's record this (laughs)
0: You are here now. It's not your fault. You just said, fuck it, we ball. And I, I applaud. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we rip this show, Tanner and Christina gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me! Hello, and welcome to Loser Like Me, the podcast where normally we watch an episode of Glee and talk about it, but this time we're getting a little spooky. <laughs> a little creepy, even.
1: We're getting a little damp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tanner. And my colleagues don't respect my belief in ancient Greek myths.
1: <laughs> uh, and I am Christina, and I guess I live in America so I could theoretically just go out and get an absurdly large machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the theoretically.
0: <laughs> okay, Emily, right now you have to put in the clip from uh, the Mountie song where it's the guys who are buying all, like, listing all the guns they brought. How
1: many guns you got? I got
0: ten. I got fourteen, that's twenty. Twenty. But- but where do you keep that many guns? In our tank. Do you have a tank? Who didn't walk here? Where would you get a tank? Walmart. Oh. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Today we are watching Kraken Tentacles of the Deep, also known as Deadly Water, also known yes. as This video is not available to stream in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Which is odd because it was clearly filmed and set in Canada. Uh, And the reason we're watching it in our Glee podcast is because it stars Cory Monteith.
1: And real quick, I want to talk about the name of this movie. Did you know that this movie was named by a contest? What? According to the Wikipedia page, which does have citations that I did not check, the film was produced under the working title Deadly Waters. But... In July 2006, the Sci-Fi Channel held a contest where they gave kind of like the, the broad strokes view of the plot. And then participants could send in titles for the upcoming film. Kraken Tentacles of the Deep was selected as the winning title. Rejected entries for the name included such titles as Kill Amari, Stop or My Squid Will Shoot, Tentacles 8, Humans 2, the squid stays in the picture, and two guys, a girl, and a giant squid.
0: I feel like they had to go with Kraken Tentacles of the Deep because everything else was like, does not accurately describe the film. <laughs> Except maybe Killamari. I was
1: gonna say, is pretty good.
0: <laughs> Killamari is pretty good, but like, okay, stop or my squid will shoot. I wish the squid had a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> Tentacles ate humans too. I would argue that the squid has anywhere between six and twelve tentacles, depending on the scene. The squid stays I wasn't in the picture. Counting. Objectively false. And two guys, a girl, and a squid. I'm pretty sure there's actually more female named characters than men. Maybe not quite, but still women. Women. I was about to say this film respects women, but it doesn't. I will say it doesn't disrespect women. Hmm. Just the film. It's kind of women neutral.
1: Yes. <sighs> yes, ma'am. She might be making herself known. We will see. (laughs) Anyway, I I just want to mention specifically that uh, this film was created by the production company called, originally called New Image Films, uh, but currently called Millennium Media, which has other notable titles such as um, Olympus Has Fallen, which is, you know, that like White House down dueling movie that came out. like. Ten years ago? Yeah. And I think it's just wild that they went from Kraken Tentacles of Deep to Olympus Has Fallen.
0: And the entire Has Fallen franchise. Because you know it's got like a whole bunch of sequels now.
1: I'm not surprised.
0: Because then they, they had London Has Fallen, then they had Angel Has Fallen, and they've got Night Has Fallen coming out. And In addition really? to the movies, Millennium Media has plans to expand the film series into a franchise with the addition of television spinoffs being considered. It's the Has Fallen Cinematic Universe. And it all started with Kraken Tentacles of the Deep, and now now look at him. You know what? <laughs> I would I would let Holland do a remake of Kraken Tentacles of the Deep.
1: I think that would be interesting. <laughs> the CGI might be a skosh better.
0: Just a skosh.
1: <laughs> Just a skosh.
0: Anyways, this film, we've discussed it long enough, so let's try and get into it. This film was directed by Taibor Uh I do not know how to pronounce that. He's Hungarian. It's T-A-K-A with the dash. Uh, C.S.
1: Probably Takash.
0: Okay. And it was written by Nicholas Garland, Sean Keller, and Brian D. Young. It was released September 23rd, 2006, with an bu- estimated budget of $2.1 million, which feel solely went to the actors, because they had some very big-name C-list actors, <laughs> like, yes. apparently. Yes. Like, Victoria Pratt, who has a cult following of being in really low-budget fantasy and sci-fi works, and Charlie (laughs) O'Connell, whose claim to fame is being the very similarly looking brother of Jerry O'Connell.
1: Yeah, um, Victoria Pratt, who also starred in one of my favorite movies of all time. Hopefully at some point it will be on this podcast, Crispus Twister, aka F6 Twister.
0: Now that we've watched a movie with her in it, we can watch it.
1: That's true.
0: Uh, anyways... The film, let's, let's, this is a film, allegedly, <laughs> <And> it begins <laughs> in 1982, Desolation Passage.
1: Mm-hmm. I have
0: to check if that's a real place.
1: It is not, but Desolation Sound is a real place uh, in Vancouver, or okay. in British Columbia, excuse me.
0: All right, maybe, maybe it was Desolation Sound and I just wrote it down wrong.
1: No, it was Desolation Passage. Okay, I'm guessing so they changed, they shot there, but they changed the name just enough.
0: Cha- either changed the name for legal reasons, or they forgot it was called Desolation Sound. That'd be wild. of which is very plausible <laughs> uh, We see Sally and David They're making out And then something thumps the boat And David's gonna go check it out And Sally's gonna go check on their son Ray Who's mm-hmm. uh, down below deck Reading 20,000 Leagues
1: Under the Sea He's 12 years old and he wears footy pajamas <laughs>
0: <laughs> No one in film knows what a child is
1: Apparently not
0: You're from the ages of 5 to like 15 It's the same And then suddenly you're a grown up
1: I guess man but yeah, the dad... Because I, I didn't even bother writing down their names. They were just horny parents and the dad and mom.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wrote the names down in case they were going to be important later. But they're not, because...
1: <laughs> yeah, because uh, they go to investigate the weird banging noises against the hull of their boat. Because they're just taking a family trip on their boat out in the middle of open water. uh, And surprise, it's a kraken.
0: <laughs> uh, and dad gets tentacled and... Pulled underwater, and he's like, Sally, get the gun! And so she grabs this dinky little pistol.
1: I think it's a flare gun.
0: I don't know. I think it was just a dinky little pistol.
1: It might be a dinky little pistol. Like, I
0: think the prop was a flare gun, but I think in universe it's a pistol. Because there's no flares that come out of it. Yeah. But yeah, they both get caught and pulled underwater and turned into strawberry jam, which is a- you're gonna be hearing a lot of that, because so many people get turned into strawberry jam in this movie. Yeah. And then the kid, Ray, looks out into the sea, and the, the tentacles disappear. And he's like, uh, because he's a child actor. But he just does not seem very torn up about the fact that his parents just got got. Yeah. And then, and then, some 2006 soft <laughs> butt rock plays.
1: I've, I I have described it as a mild rock. It's not hard rock or soft rock. It's mild rock.
0: This song has been distressing me for the past 48 hours. You want to know why? Why? Doesn't exist.
1: What do you mean it doesn't exist, Tanner?
0: So, I had to scrub through the credits of this film to find the, f- the one frame <laughs> where they showed the songs. They only credit four songs that were licensed for this film, I guess. The o- only one of them I could find online on Spotify. It's a song called Breezy by Damn the Diva. And it's not the <laughs> song that plays in the opening credits. As far as I can tell, the song that plays in the opening credits is called If I Say that was written and composed by David Swirsky and performed by John Alden. But these people don't exist. The only what? David Swirsky on Spotify, his only songs that were released no later than 2022, there's nothing on YouTube, there's nothing on TuneFind, even googling the lyrics doesn't give me anything? This song has been wiped from the face of the planet.
1: My god.
0: And that is just ontologically distressing to me. <laughs>
1: I wonder if it was, like, a recording under a fake name thing. Maybe? Or if if it's just, like, a, hey, these are the director's friends who they asked to record music for this movie, and they didn't need to worry about royalties because they weren't going to release it anyway.
0: Like, that must be what it is, but that's just so... (laughs) It just feels weird that the only space in time and reality where this song exists is during the opening credits to Kraken Tentacles of the Deep.
1: <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Tanner. We could try to illegally download it from Tubi, rip the MP3, and then put it on Spotify so it's recorded somewhere, but I, I don't know about- I, I don't know how legal that would be.
0: It's Tubi, so it's actually perfectly acceptable.
1: I don't know. Tubi's doing- it's not doing its best, but it's doing something.
0: I mean, Tubi is honestly doing its best, I would argue.
1: Scoopy is the best part of Fox. Well. Exactly. It's one of the best parts of Fox, along with Crime Scene Kitchen.
0: There we go. Okay, so we're on a boat. Take a good hard look at the motherfucking boat! Yeah. And we see a group of, uh, well, we see a researcher. We're gonna learn that her name is Nicole, and she's like the captain. We also see a skipper whose name we'll learn is Jim. And mm-hmm. two hot 20-somethings making out. It's Jenny and Michael. Michael is played by Corey Monteith, and he will spend the entire first act of this film with his tits out.
1: We support, honestly.
0: We support men's tits.
1: (laughs) Also, in case you weren't sure where this movie was set, we see it's a lot of establishing shots of, like, logging operations in open water, and there's boats that are flying the Canadian flag. (laughs) So we know it's in Canada. What else? As Nikki goes below decks to check on their computers and devices and measurements and things. Jenny and Michael are necking behind her, and she's like, come on, guys, this is oceanography research, not sex ed, because they're horny teens.
0: They're horny teens! And Michael's like, whatever. And But Jenny's like, I will help you with the oceanography because I'm a good student, or something. I'm a good intern.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: They they chuck the submersible camera into the sea, and they're examining the footage, They find some stuff that's bronze, but they're they're like, oh, no, this looks newer than the stuff we're looking for. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, oh, well, I guess that's it for today. And so they bring the camera back up. And then Nicole's like, looking at the footage again, she's like, wait a second, put the camera back, I found something.
1: Mm -hmm. She interrupts Michael and Jim, who already have said, hey, it's quitting time, let's go get some, let's go get some beer.
0: Let's get some brewskis, bros. So the guys still have the beer bottles in hand while they just huck the submersible back in the water. And they're going out and about again. And then Nicole finds an ancient Trojan War mask. And she's like, Jenny, find my research on the Trojan War mask. This is it!
1: They pull up this, like, looks like this computer is running, like, Windows 1999-ass, like, OS (laughs) And it's just like, wow, look at all these windows I have pulled up showing my disjointed notes about this Trojan War mask.
0: That being said, I think it is actually a thing in a lot of archaeology where, like, they are not super fast to adapt the new technologies because they don't want to be fretting about new bugs on top of everything else they have to deal with. So it's like, yeah, if you're used to using 99 and all the other stuff you have works with 99, just stick with 99, babes.
1: Ah, gotcha. If any of our listeners are archaeologists, I would love to hear your input on this. Yeah. <laughs> and did you mention that they found the Trojan mask next to some cargo with Chinese writing on it?
0: I didn't notice it was Chinese writing, but yeah, they do find it in, like, a sunken cargo ship.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as they're going to celebrate and everything, then I was typing these notes out on my phone, and I need you, I need you all to know that instead of typing Kraken, my phone autocorrected it to Kathleen. Kathleen! (laughs) Oh, shit, here it comes, Kathleen! (laughs) So Kathleen grabs the ROV, the underwater camera, and starts playing tug-of-war with it. And then this causes, you know, the boat to, like, get stuck. And they're like, oh, no, we're stuck on something. And Jim gets tangled up in the wires around, like, from from the camera, connecting it to the boat and everything.
0: Yeah, Jim tells Michael... Jim tells Michael, go push forward and, like, get get us out of here.
1: tells him to reverse.
0: Oh, reverse. Yeah, yeah, so Michael runs to the helm. He makes sure to grab his beer first. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, oh, man, we need a bigger boat. Because of the jaws, you see.
1: Because of the jaws.
0: It's because of the jaws. And then, yeah, and then Jim gets, like, stuck with the cable, and the cable's digging into his neck, and this is probably (laughs) where, like, a thousand dollars of the budget went... Uh, actually, I was about to go into detail, I'm not, because I'm also am not great with neck trauma, but let's just let you know that it fully starts to garrote him, and then he does get decapitated.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was covering the screen with my hand, yeah. and I just put in my notes, Whoops! <laughs>
0: And the thing is, Michael runs back in time to see him get decapitated by the cable and then get launched into the sea. And then he runs over to see if he's okay. Yee! Air quotes.
1: And you can see the completely unbeheaded actor swimming in the water.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then you see Kathleen grab both parts, like the body and also the head. <laughs> and Michael's just like, oh my gosh. And yeah. then Jenny and Nicole run over and they're like, what happened? And he's like,
1: He's gone. He's gone. Don't go in there.
0: Don't go in the water. Something grabbed him, and it's like you're technically you're right, but you're you're really burying the lead here, Michael. (laughs) Yes, like you did. You did kind of slaughter this man.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyways, we now cut to grown-up Ray.
1: He is shirtless. I just wrote down. I assume he will be Nikki's love interest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's he's love interest coded. I mean. Okay, so on the one hand, they don't rub it in our faces, the fact that they're going to fall in love. But on the other hand, it still manages to be, like, very forced in spite of that. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it. Grown-up Ray has, I guess, fallen asleep watching local news, and so he's woken up by the new local news broadcast?
1: No, he's he's woken up by getting an email oh, that, has right. a, that has a link to a news segment from, like, Fact or Fiction TV.
0: Google alert! There's a creature!
1: <laughs> exactly. But it's of Michael in this, like... It's like they told Corey, dress like a shabby teen. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just wearing, like, so many shirts and a hat. And he's talking about how this giant squid got him. Or he's, got Jim. It, it's,
0: I wouldn't say so many shirts, because I'm pretty sure he's just wearing, like, a ratty sleeveless plaid shirt and, like, a trucker hat.
1: He's wearing it next scene.
0: <laughs> oh, that's true. He's also... He's talking like that... You know that surfer guy from The Vine?
1: Vaguely, yes. I'm I'm familiar with surfers, so yes. <laughs> oh, that guy.
0: Corey is preemptively channeling this surfer guy. Um, Emily, please put in the surfer guy vine. You just drop
1: in and just smack the lip. Drop down. Snap, ah. Now you, you have to, the, to post a knowledge in our group chat.
0: <laughs> uh, I feel like Emily knows. Emily has knowledge.
1: Yes, you do. Anyway, as Michael is giving this interview, like, the reporter is like, Vaguely like, oh, yes, people wonder if the, if increased and abnormal activity from giant creatures, such as giant squids, is tied to climate change. And they do nothing with that. And I'm like, I was expecting climate change to be more of a plot point in this movie.
0: (laughs) No. Also, again, Michael's like, yeah, it just nabbed him. But it it did, I mean, did, after, after you got his head chopped off. Yeah. I feel like I feel like there must have been an alternate take where the squid just fully emerged from the water and grabbed Jim and they changed it at the last minute and like
1: Apparently there are some there is there's an entire alternate continuity for this movie that I'll talk about at the end.
0: Yeah. Okay, actually here's the thing, apparently the alternate continuity for this movie is the one that I watched, or at least that's the one that's on Tubi. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. There's an original version, and we, we both, both, watched both watched the it alternate on Tubi. version. <laughs>
0: For, yeah. for whatever reason, I was like, ah, Christina must have seen the director's cut because she's clearly the kind of person who owns Kraken Tentacles of the Deep on DVD.
1: Regrettably, no. Although it's apparently only $10 on the Zahn. So- oh, see,
0: that, sounds, that sounds too expensive still.
1: Yeah. See, the wild thing, Tater, is that apparently you cannot legally buy DVDs of Christmas Tw- Twister anymore because they are ludicrously expensive. Duh- <laughs> I don't know why.
0: They're printed on gold.
1: <laughs> that would be bizarre.
0: Anyways, in other news, Chinese researchers have cloned a panda bear.
1: Yes, good for them. (laughs) That's
0: that's how they lead out the news segment before Ray turns off the TV.
1: Yeah, and he just cuts to being at the same harbor where he finds the researchers who are sad.
0: Yeah, he just travels via jump cut.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he travels via jump cut. And Michael is now in what I just wrote down as his best redneck mechanic outfit. (laughs) Yep. Trying to fix the engine. And- Roy shows up like, boy, golly gosh, one of your best friends just died in a marine accident. Can I join you guys?
0: No one in this film seems entirely stressed when a human being dies. (laughs) Including Ray, who was like out for vengeance against the squid for killing his parents, who he didn't seem to care about then and still doesn't seem to care about now.
1: (laughs) There are many detriments to being a marine archaeologist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of them is that weird men will show up and be like, Ah, your friend died? Well, I could- Let me on the boat. You've seen my photography in National Geographic. And she's like, I need a skipper and a mechanic. Well, I can do that too. I'm just an all-around sea creature enthusiast.
1: And here's the thing, is like, this sets up a running trend with Roy where he will make, like, exorbitant claims- of like, yeah, I was the one who killed the shark that inspired Jaws. Or, I was a surfer and I managed to single-handedly save 17 people from a tsunami by towing them all at the same time on my surfboard. And these are all just, like, blatant lies. Yeah,
0: because he'll say this and they'll be like, oh my gosh, really? And you're like,
1: nope. <laughs> the, the, the vibes I get from him are... A guy who saw his parents die by Kraken, or by Kathleen, excuse me, at the age of 12. And this has been his entire personality since then.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's done everything to pursue Kathleen, who apparently has never left the same place that his parents died. I wonder why. So
1: why are you going all around the world
0: tracking Kathleen if Kathleen never needed to leave to be tracked? I don't know. Actually, that one might have a justification. Who knows? Anyways, he's fixing the boat.
1: Yeah, talking to Michael.
0: (laughs) Michael's telling him, my dream, Uh, I only have one left, and I'll have surfed all seven seas. And when you have a dream, you just gotta make it happen, man. Yeah. And then he also says, yeah, Kathleen totally just took Jim's head off. And I get, no, that's not what happened. You know this.
1: Yeah, it's like, I thought the conversation kind of went like, Michael was like, yeah, man, I'm just doing this student oceanographer thing until I can earn enough money to go do my big surf dream. And Roy is like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, what about the squid? Tell me about the squid. Where's the squid?
0: Get me pictures of squids.
1: (laughs) And as he's fixing the engine, uh, Nicole comes by, and it seems like Roy kind of does, like, the air, like the car air filter thing, like, oh, hey, look, the thing that was wrong with it is just this little air filter thing. And we're going to help. Do you want us to replace it when we definitely didn't take it out of your car? <laughs> or maybe that's just an American auto shop thing.
0: <laughs> I, I just, the to me, the auto shop is a black box. I take my car in and then they fix it and it comes back out again.
1: <laughs> I'm glad for that.
0: But yeah, he, he fixes the boat and he gets hired. Nicole's like, wow, well, you're good. And Ray's like, you got to be when your boat breaks down in unprotected waters off the coast of Africa. And they're like, wow, did that really happen? And he goes, no, no. <laughs> no, ain't I a stinker? Yeah. Then we cut to like, they're off into the sea and Ray makes lunch for Nicole. He declares that as captain, she gets room service because he's like, food's ready. And she's like, I'm busy doing work. And he's like, they told you that you, they told me you'd say that. So I brought it to you.
1: And he's just here to like, he's here to try to charm his way into her heart and onto her ship. So step one accomplished. But they kind of talk about like, why are you specifically trying to go back to the area where, again, one quarter of your four person crew was murdered by Kathleen? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, well, I'm just looking for proof of credibility for my scientific research that I've been doing. He's like, wow, that's so important to you.
0: And then she immediately gets sus. She's like, "Who sent you?" But Ray's like, "I'm just want to satisfy my natural curiosity."
1: I'm just here because I have a blood feud with a squid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a really, a really mild blood feud.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then they get a ping on the sonar, and it's the same shape they spotted last time when Jim got et by the squid. And they get they go to like get into scuba gear and everything, and it's gonna be. Nicole and Jenny going down to investigate the wreck. And then Roy is like, No, I want to come with you so I can take pictures and have pictures of you showing before and after you find the big the big thing that you're looking for for your colleagues. And I just wrote down, Roy wants to find that squid!
0: <laughs> His name is Ray. Oh, it's Ray? It's Ray. You've been calling him Roy this whole time.
1: I had it in my notes as Roy! <laughs> Oh, no! How to find and replace an Apple notes pad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Apple doesn't believe in people named Ray. That's a made-up name. And Krakens aren't real either.
1: Apparently not.
0: <laughs> but yeah, they go scuba diving, and Kathleen is looking for treasure, and Ray is looking for squads. Uh, they find the mask, and then she goes in to grab something else, and a tentacle grabs her.
1: Whoa! <laughs> but it's like... It's like a little itty-bitty one underneath something.
0: It's like a octopus tentacle. Oh, and the other thing is like, while Ray is investigating, I wrote down, Ray finds a nice leg in this trying time.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's also, I wrote down, Nicole finds a bunch of artifacts and just puts them in her bag. No need to worry about the conditions or location in which they were found. Just, it's free ancient treasures of Rome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she gets stuck because the tentacle, and so Ray has to grab her. And because she was panicking, she used up way too much air, and so she's hyperventilating by the time they get her back up. So like, mm-hmm. grab the oxygen! And they do. And then once she's a little more stable, he, like, shows up with the dive bag and is like, hey, I was able to get this back. Here's your mask.
1: Mm-hmm. And she's like, wow, this confirms all of my professional theories. And she's like, it's got some weird stuff on it, though. And he's like, oh, that's, that's squid goo. <laughs> or... Muc- squid mucus, maybe?
0: Yeah. Th- it helps them stay buoyant, but it's poisonous for humans to ingest.
1: And she's like, "Ah, uh, good thing I was not planning on eating this.
0: <laughs> this also never comes up again.
1: This never comes up again.
0: They keep on throwing so many Chekhov's guns just into the sea. It's full of red herrings that are also guns. <laughs> and the squid never wields a gun.
1: Ah, <sighs> see- that's the real challenge, for the asylum to make a movie where a squid has a gun.
0: Exactly.
1: But she talks about the mask, like, oh, this is a mask that was made in ancient Greece, and it's one of only three, like, there's only two other masks that are like this in the world, and it's been it shuffled It is explicitly
0: around. a Trojan War mask.
1: Yes, it is explicitly a Trojan War mask, but it's basically been shuffled around different countries in, like, spoils of war, but also- more recently like black market deals in trading antiquities I guess. <laughs> yeah.
0: She she gets into it later. So I'll get into it later because who oh boy. But basically she tells them like this is the, when this was last recorded, allegedly it was traded for something so rare that experts think it doesn't exist. So yeah, so this rare mask that's not even the main thing that she's looking for.
1: Mhm. But the fact that they found it is a good indicator that what she's also looking for is going to be very close by.
0: Yeah. And so then they boat away, and while they do, we cut to an evil man on an evil boat who is an evil henchwoman, and they look on evilly.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: And then they somehow beat Nicole's ship to shore.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's that they were already at, they were already on shore, and then they just showed up at the dock ahead of time.
0: Ah, uh, so the evil guy shows up back at shore to confront Nicole. Uh, we learn that this guy's name is Maxwell Odamus.
1: <laughs> he just shows up and keeps nagging her
0: <laughs> yeah he's like going out there alone was very foolish and you know it you need help my help you think you're the first ones to go out there and look for treasure did you tell them about san philippe peterman rock none of them ever came back and none of them are ever explained either this has no bearing on the plot. This means nothing except maybe explaining why Nicole is so chill about her gym dying because I guess skippers just die a lot on her boat. I guess so. I guess I guess the squid got all of them, which is again. I'll get okay. I'll get into it because there's one dinner scene that just blows the whole. The, the, it's it's this plot whirlpool. Truly, that one dinner scene it just raises <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> but we're not quite there yet. We do learn. While Max is gloating or attempting to gloat, we also know that he's afraid of water, which is why he needs Nicole to get the mask.
1: This does not come up later.
0: and he also tells her that like he's the only one who'll fund her crackpot theories or something like that, but she still doesn't care because she knows that if she lets him in, he's gonna steal everything from her at the very last second, which he's done before.
1: None of this will come up again.
0: Yeah, it really doesn't. It really means nothing. He leaves, and Ray is mm-hmm. like, <laughs> old flame.
1: And she's like, no, I I don't remember exactly what what he says. I
0: I wrote down the exchange. He goes, old flame? Uh, vulture more like it. Tell me more about it over calamari. Uh, I don't date crew. I'm more like an onboard specialist.
1: Yeah. And then he says something like, oh, I'll pick you up at your hotel tonight. (laughs) And then we get to the hotel tonight where...
0: Well, real quick, real quick, actually, because... Why, before we cut to the hotel, we go back to Max and he's telling, he's going to drive away. He's telling one of his henchmen, I don't want any mistakes and I don't want you shooting anyone. And this henchman is not named on screen yet, but he did look a lot like Josh from 21 Pilots. So I refer to him as Henchman Josh for the rest of my notes.
1: Apparently his name is Ike.
0: His name is Ike, but that happened so late in the film that he continued to be Henchman Josh.
1: Mm. But yeah, is this when we cut to the, when we cut to the hotel?
0: Yeah, we cut to the hotel while Nicole is doing sexy artifact restoration. Yeah. You gotta wear a bikini while scraping barnacles off the Trojan War mask.
1: Apparently. And Roy comes, uh, excuse me, Ray comes over and knocks on the door and it turns out that, uh, she forgot about the date because she was so busy doing science in her bikini. <laughs> then she has to, oh, come in, I'm, I'm just changing. And they flirt and they go to dinner. But we don't see their dinner immediately, because we have to see teens getting drunk.
0: We got us go to Jake and his girls. <laughs> They're fishing in the dark. And Jake is like, "This my dad says that this is the best spot. And my notes immediately say, they are so fucking dead. I you know what they are?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jake
0: fishes up the sub-camera, and uh-huh. then immediately- Him and his two girls get knocked into the sea, and they all get turned into strawberry jam. And when I say- let me elaborate. When I say someone gets turned into strawberry jam, what I mean is that (laughs) we get the barest glimpse of CGI tentacles beneath the waves, they go under, and then someone just opens a big jar of strawberry jam and lets it all float to the surface.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Their whole situation is two sentences in my notes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Back to Calamari. Yeah. It's literally a direct cut from- Kathleen eating the three unfortunate teens to Calamari being prepared for Ray at dinner.
0: Three unfortunate teens. It's Jake and girls.
1: Yeah. Um. Apparently, one of them was I. I don't remember which one. I think the I think the dark haired one was important enough that she got an starring credit.
0: Sure. Why not? Maybe she was more important in another cut of the film.
1: Maybe that'd be wild.
0: Yeah, we do. We cut straight from Kathleen to Calamari. Uh, and Nicole is like, wow, this is your whole personality, isn't it?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, tell me all about your whole personality.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, more so she explains Max, who is basically, she says, he's a pirate and a businessman and heir to the Odemus Shipping Company slash crime family slash aristocratic mafia. Mm-hmm. And, and then, okay, and then she says, what does the word skilla mean to you? And at this point I realize, oh, they're... No one's skeptical about giant squid. At some point, at some point off, okay, I don't know if it's Ray or if they just straight up believe Michael instantly. Michael's like, there's a giant squid, and Nicole and Jenny, at no point are they like, you're just imagining things, Michael. No, I guess Michael said the giant squid ate Jim, and everyone else was like, damn, it really is a giant squid here in Desolation Sound Passage. (laughs) And Nicole has immediately incorporated that into her belief system. So then, okay, and I'm sorry if I talk a lot during this, but this is the part where I'm just, like, losing my mind. Yeah. (laughs) Because Ray is like, I thought you were a scientist. I didn't think you believed in fairy tales. And she's like, I'm a marine archaeologist with a concentration in Greek mythology. And I love myths because they're always rooted in fact. And I'm first like, okay, yeah, sure, go go off. And then she... uh, (laughs) She's like, I think Homer was inspired by the tentacles of a giant squid and that made him think of Scylla. And it's like, okay, well, point of order. Scylla was not a sea serpent. She was a big lady with dogs coming out of her hips.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I also, I have a note that said Greeks already had krakens that were called krakens. But after I made that note, (laughs) I realized that krakens are actually Norse, not Greek. And it's just Ray Harryhausen lied to all of us. Do you think Ray is named after Ray Harryhausen? Do you think that's a weird reference?
1: That I normally I would say yes, but I don't think we can put anything past the writing, directing, creating team of Kraken: Tentacles of the Deep.
0: You can take this next scene because it's it's a cutaway.
1: Sure. We we then just cut abruptly to a different set of teens getting drunk because it's Michael and Jenny, and they're at this bar. And they're making out, and then he gets distracted by something. And they say something, and she's like, oh, do you want to go have sex? And he's like, well, actually, first I need to go to the bathroom. Or he says, I need to take a leak. And then we see him, like, walk down this hallway and, like, into the basement of this bar. And I think someone says the word Nicole, and at the end of the hallway is just Ike. Uh, or henchman, uh, henchman Jake, was it? Is that what you said?
0: I called him Henchman Josh, because Jake henchman was the Josh. team that got jammed.
1: Thank you. But yeah, uh, Henchman Josh is there, and he says like, oh, did you bring the mask? And Mike was like, no, but I brought you a mixed CD. <laughs> and he, ho- he holds out this unlabeled CD in a clamshell case, and he's like, it's every record of GPS coordinates that we've pinged in the last two years, so this will help you find where the wreck is. And he's like, but I want to see the money. And Henchman Josh is like, Oh, here, if, well, if you don't get us the mask, here's your, here's what's gonna happen to you. And, like, belts him in the stomach. And he falls over, clutching his stomach, and then just gets an envelope full of bills dropped on his head. And yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of like, uh, well, you'll get more, more where that came from if you get us the mask. Or something. The dialogue isn't especially great.
0: <laughs> yeah, we cut back to the date. They're walking down the boardwalk. Nicole relays a fully made-up myth yes. about how Scylla kept an opal that reminded herself of when she was human, and then Paris of, of Troy stole it to give to Helen. So first up, Scylla was never human. She she didn't get medusa She was created, like, I'm pretty sure she was birthed directly from, what's her name? Um, Who's the Mother of Monsters? Why can't I remember this?
1: Uh, Echidna?
0: Yeah, I pr- I think she came directly from Echidna, or maybe was, like, born from the blood of Uranus when he died, slash got neutered. Castrated? Yes. But yeah, so Scylla was never human. She never had an opal. Paris never no. interacted with her. <laughs> and Paris no. never gave an opal to Helen. That mattered at all.
1: No. But then apparently this opal is... Always reputed to return to the sea like Scylla did.
0: Whenever it changes hands, it's always in the middle of a wreck at sea. And then she's like, I think finding the opal will give me credibility. Also, I don't believe in magic, but I think this squid is a magic squid that has guarded the opal through the centuries. Yeah. And it's like, okay, come on, you've, this this is such a leap, like, honestly, the idea that it's just a rogue squid driven to shallower waters by climate change makes more sense than this supposed academic saying, yeah, the skill is a myth. The reality is that it's a squid that is an, an immortal squid that has forever protected this opal from centuries and travelled through the world, out of the Mediterranean Sea, and across oceans to make his way to Desolation Peak Point Passage. Uh-huh. Sound.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and then after all this bullshit, Rhea's like, okay, well, I'm just here to avenge my parents. Anyways, let's get a drink. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and so they head to a bar, and they get there, and then Maxwell and his goons show up to neg them again, and he's being very buddy-buddy with Nicole, and there's a part where he, like, drapes his arm across her back, and she, like, lifts his arm up over her head, and, like, (laughs) drops it back, and, I don't know, that was a fun little bit of physical comedy that I thought was nice. Cause it's basically just like, oh, you still won't work for me, even though you're so pretty, and we have history. Yeah, yeah, it's scummy.
0: Well, oh, we also in this scene we learned that apparently the Odemus family used to own the Opal, and so Maxwell wants to retrieve it because it could help him earn his way back into their good graces. Because I guess he's been d- dis discon disowned. Yeah.
1: Anyway, boat go boom. Bye bye boat.
0: <laughs> boat explosion. Yeah. Henchman Josh is here and Mike looks very guilty.
1: Yeah, they like sift through the wreckage the next day and they're like trying to gather what they can and they're like, what do you think happened? And they're like, oh, well, it was probably the probably the propane tank, but that's what insurance is for, right? And then the first responders leave and they look around with a look that says, clearly we do not have insurance.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then Ray is like, do you think Max did this? And Nicole's like, anyone could have done this. And it's like, okay, but... Because she's like, there's so many criminals who would be after me if they knew I had that mask. It's like, okay, but we've only established one and it's Max. And we know it was Max, so like, it's Max. (laughs) Like, why (laughs) are we implying that it could have been someone else? It's Max. Yes. It wasn't Kathleen. She doesn't know how to wield a (laughs) (laughs) gun.
1: That is true. God, now I might have to put a a, a sentient squid in my Zelda campaign.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But does Zelda have guns yet?
1: They don't. But they do have slingshots, and they do have magic wands that have elemental powers. So it could be a sentient squid gets a magic wand that casts fireball. There you go. Do we just then cut to the part where Nick, where Nicole finds out that the university's pulling her funding because her boat got blown up?
0: Yeah, she- we go there. She's become an embarrassment to the university.
1: Because she's a bad academic.
0: <laughs> Who believes in magic squids.
1: And she's distraught, and... Ray gives her a hug like, it's okay, we'll find, we'll figure something out so that I can go kill that squid. (laughs) And then we cut to Maxwell's boat where it's, it's the evil boat because everything's painted black and they're making their preparations. And, uh, henchman Josh just has an absurdly large machine gun that he brought to prepare. It's not, it's not a bazooka. It's like a machine gun. There's like no, but
0: before, before Henchman Josh pulls out the machine gun, Max sees them loading up a bazooka onto the boat. And he turns to his hench people and he's like, we're not going to be disturbed by any big fish, are we? And Henchman Josh just smiles and pulls out the big machine gun from his coat.
1: Yeah, and they say something else like, oh, like, did you get the mask? And he's like, no, but I got the coordinates. And he produces the CD from like an underarm holster. <laughs> <laughs> and we get more exposition about how Maxwell needs to return the mask and the opal to Greece to save his family's reputation. And the other henchperson just kind of, like, rolls her eyes at uh, henchman Josh and his big gun. And, like, I think Maxwell says something like, oh, like, make sure it's taken care of.
0: He also implies that, like, he will also, like, everyone else has also been excommunicated from the family, so everyone needs to help find this opal or they're all in danger.
1: I thought it was just, like, he'd kill everyone. If they don't find the opal.
0: Uh, maybe maybe that's also the issue.
1: It could be both. But yeah, we we then cut to the remaining three crew members hanging out on the dock as Ray pulls up in this little this little yacht, this little speedboat that had been lit shown in the background in a few other shots It's for sale. And he's like, Guess what I got to buy because my parents died. <laughs> and uh He, essentially, he cashed out his parents' life insurance policy that has been gaining interest for the last 18, 20 years or whatever. Yep. And now he got the, he got the skipper to throw in any relevant technology to underwater oceanography that he could find. And Nicole's like, wow, you're so cool, Ray, thank you. And he's like, let's go kill a squid. (laughs) And, uh... As they get as they all get on board, Nicole turns to Jenny and Michael and she's like, "Now, I know we're going to go do something dangerous and you ha- so this is your chance to back out. I don't want to put you guys in danger." And Jenny's like, "I don't care. I'm invested and I'm here for the adventure." And Michael's like, "Me too."
0: <laughs> and I'm also here.
1: Yeah. And as they like go to get stuff loaded in, Jenny is talking to Michael below decks and she's like, wow, Nicole cares so much for our safety. And I'm like, Jenny is marked for death now.
0: Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention earlier that Michael's also been marked for death because he was talking about his dreams and it's like, you can't talk about dreams in a horror movie. Yeah. So as they drive off, Ray is like, this is my chance to end something that's been haunting me my entire life. What if it ends you, says Nicole? And Ray responds, it won't.
1: (laughs) It won't. I've read the script. (laughs)
0: Ray is also like I've been thinking about your theory and I've been tracking the squid my entire life again, how, where why, why why are you tracking the squid across the oceans if the squid's not leaving from the opal that it's been guarding for the past, like what 14, 24 years or whatever yeah squid didn't move, but he's like I've been tracking it and it doesn't act like a normal squid it defies knowledge of the species maybe it is skilla which is like you're already the guy who thinks it's a rogue giant squid, but sure, yeah. Kathleen is Skilla. Let's just just go with that. The the movie really wants you to believe that.
1: Yeah, and we then cut to the uh, we then cut to the evil boat where we see Kathleen lurking in the water around it, and uh, the various evil goons all get into their scuba gear and they dive off the boat. But Kate, who is apparently the The evil henchwoman doesn't make it more than five minutes because Kathleen finds her and kills her underwater. So long, Kate.
0: Specifically, the evil henchwoman gets, like, wriggled to death. Yeah. Also, none of the tentacles are the same length of of Kathleen.
1: I wasn't paying that close of attention to the biology of the squid. It's
0: so (laughs) janky. It's like, yeah, henchwoman Emily gets caught in the tentacles and they just wriggle her around a bunch and then she turns into jam and a leg falls to the seafloor.
1: This, this Kathleen really likes uh, having leftovers, huh? Exactly. Always save
0: the giblets.
1: That's what you use to make the gravy.
0: <laughs> exactly. The squid gravy. Apparently. Squavy.
1: Back on the surface, the heroes arrive at the dive site, and they're all suiting up to go underwater. And Roy is like, or Ray, excuse me, is like, I just want to kill the squid. And Nicole is like, I just want to find the opal. They're like, fine, we'll settle it. We'll both, we'll both do scuba diving so you can kill Kathleen and I can find the opal. And like, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but they, they dive down for their scuba and like, I'm pretty sure this is the actors doing their own underwater stunts. <laughs> yeah,
0: I will, I will say they really, I think they really were like filming in the ocean, like on location. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty positive that like most of the budget probably went into making sure everyone could film things properly. This Mm-mm. is no, there's no soundstage
1: around here. Yeah, because they're on the open ocean. <laughs> but yeah, I I was really genuinely impressed that it's like, hey, you guys, maybe that's where all the budget went in specifically training everybody for sub for scuba certification. Yeah, maybe. And like, hey, you know what? That's uh that's a cool certification that can get you jobs. <laughs> so. I'll take that as a win. They they find the wreck and they dive, but then they also find the bad guys. Is this where Michael and Jenny launch the camera?
0: I think so. I think this is when they switched to a shittier camera before putting everything into the water.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Because this is the one that had that had the cable plug that was like three inches diameter. <laughs>
0: No, sorry, when I say they switched to a shittier camera before diving in, what I mean is that the filmmakers seemed to switch to a shittier camera when they were recording oh. Jenny, or recording Nicole and Ray diving into the sea.
1: I did notice that it was grainier, but I wasn't sure if it was because they were doing, like, night shots or something.
0: I don't, yeah, I don't know what was happening, but they they briefly had to, maybe this is another one of those artifacts of a different cut.
1: That could be it.
0: But yeah, so, they go underwater. And they concede that the other people are underwater, so they're hiding. And I've played Horizon Forbidden West, so let me tell you, underwater stealth is very hard. Mm-hmm. Then Michael grabs the camera and he looks into it and he goes, "Uh huh." <laughs> and
1: delightful. then he drops it in. Uh huh.
0: And then Michael and Jenny go to wash the feed from the camera, and then Maxwell is just there on the boat immediately. How did he get there? Why did nobody notice him? He's on a boat. <laughs>
1: Earlier, like the last time we saw the evil boat, Maxwell was like, get the launch ready. So it's implied they just kind of like waited until everyone was below decks and then just scooted over (laughs) to take them hostage, I guess. (laughs) We cut back then to underwater where Nicole finds the opal. And I need everyone to know that this opal looks like it should be a dragon egg from Aragon.
0: (laughs) So here's the- I thought this was going to be a kraken egg, and I thought that's how they would bring some modicum of sense back into this, where it's like, oh, the kraken was just protecting her egg the entire time. False. It is just an opal.
1: And it's not even an opal!
0: Oh, fuck. You know, I had a feeling, but I didn't actually look it up.
1: This artifact they found is a large, egg-shaped blue crystal. And when I mean- when I say blue, I mean this is C100- this is cyan 100, magenta 70, yellow 0, black 10. <laughs> this is a blue ass crystal. It is completely blue. There is absolutely no hint of opalescence. They could not be half assed to try to simulate opal. They just got some blue resin and poured it into an egg shaped mold and said, We're good. <laughs> I had a very. I I I did a lot of reading about gems and gemology when I was ten and eleven, and it has stuck with me to this day. This is not an opal. This is a sapphire. If anything, I will be inordinately mad about this for the rest of the recording. <laughs> anyway,
0: I'm glad we have both found things that we are inordinately mad about in this movie.
1: <laughs> yes. Anyway, it's oh, time yeah, also for the
0: opal. Sorry, one more thing about the opal is that it's also it's got like tentacle filigree around the bottom.
1: Yeah, it's got know, it's got flare. a tentacle setting. <laughs> Like, this is a and d artifact. Yeah. It is the gem of Control Kraken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish it was. Um, but anyways, so they emerge, they emerge from the wreck, and because they did not look around when they emerged, and also because, like, the other henches could see the bubbles coming from them, the henches, like, are going towards the wreck, and then they emerge, and the henches see them, and immediately fire the harpoon, which just barely misses Ray and Nicole. <laughs>
1: It's time for an underwater harpoon chase scene,
0: <laughs> yeah, and Ray is able to fire a harpoon and get one guy right in the throat
1: and so uh Kathleen kindly shows up to finish the job,
0: yeah, because uh, she smelled the more jam
1: mm-hmm
0: uh she turns another guy into jam, he gets wriggled to death, mm-hmm, oh hearing on the other the other thing is that before that guy gets wriggled to death, after the underwater harpoon chase scene because henchman Josh goes after Nicole. And Ray stays behind to fight this other unnamed guy. And him and the other henchmen get in an underwater knife fight.
1: Underwater knife fight! Which is... You don't get that shit in Power Rangers?
0: I need you to understand the underwater knife fight is like a huge joke in all armed forces. Because it is not a skill you will need because it is impossible to successfully use a knife underwater, basically.
1: I guess that's a good point. It is cool, though.
0: There is not enough momentum to get your arm moving fast enough to impale someone with the knife.
1: <laughs> I do think there is an element of practicality, though, because in the knife fight, they're kind of going for stabbing, but they're also going for, like, cutting the airlines on their oxygen tanks.
0: <laughs> okay, that maybe that's a little bit more plausible.
1: I still think it's cool.
0: Oh, I also- I think it's very cool, I just think it's also very silly.
1: Yes, yeah. Um, and I guess the, I guess Kathleen was paying attention because after the other hench gets wriggled to death, Kathleen takes the opportunity to sever Ray's airlines.
0: (laughs) Yes, Kathleen also engages in underwater knife fighting.
1: Yes. Oh, that just reminded me that when they first escaped from the wreck, Ray was like, oh, look, this is a squid tooth. They're very sharp. And yes, they get this big. So Kathleen got them squid teeth.
0: There you go. Um, also, another Chekhov's gun that no one ever fires is that Ray pulls a grenade out, but then drops it because Kathleen keeps trying to wriggle him to death.
1: I don't think he had a chance to pull the pin out.
0: Exactly. But but that's yeah. what I'm saying is so there's just a grenade sitting at the bottom and that also never gets followed up on. Yeah. <laughs> um, He manages to hide himself in like another wreck in a hole that Kathleen can't fit in, which doesn't make sense because she's a squid and she doesn't have bones.
1: Mm-hmm. But he finds some kind of a container that's sunk with enough air in it that he can survive for the time being.
0: Yeah, there's an air pocket that he can get in. But, anyways, back to Nicole. She is surfaced, but Henchman Josh also is up there with her and he drags her onto Max's boat. And Max Mm -hmm. gets the opal. And Nicole is like, That belongs in a museum! And Max is just like, When will you get over your girlish naivete? And Nicole replies, When you're dead.
1: (laughs) Go off, Nicole.
0: And she refuses to tell him where the mask is, and so he puts her in the brig with Michael and Jenny, who had been kidnapped earlier when he teleported onto their boat, I guess. hmm And this is where Ike is finally named. Yes. But he's still Henchman Josh. <laughs> he pulls a gun on them, and he declares, this is like shooting fish in a barrel. Get it? Get it. Do you get it? Do you get it, Christina? Do you get it? I
1: get it. I get it. Do you get it? I get it. Also, Michael's the traitor. Surprise! <laughs> He didn't know it was going to happen like this, guys! I didn't think it would happen like this! And,
0: and like, Ike was going to shoot Michael, but then Mac is like, Nah, she cares about Jenny more. So he points the gun at Jenny, and they're like, No! And he fires, but Michael jumps in front of Jenny, and he gets shot. Oh, no! And so Nicole tells him that she put the mask on the new boat, and it's, like, in the glove compartment, and I'm sitting here like, What? Why did you bring the mask out to sea with you where it could get lost again? Why did you not, like, leave it in your hotel room where it could exactly. be Exactly. <sighs> but yeah, so <laughs> Max dispatches henchman Josh and another unnamed henchman to go to the other boat and grab the mask and then also burn the boat down. And mm-hmm. so they go over to where the two boats are docked together and the unnamed henchman just immediately gets turned into jam by Kathleen. She just <laughs> pulls the tentacle out and goes, whoop! Yeah. And henchman Josh is incredibly nonplussed. Yeah. He's like, damn. Anyway.
1: And Max is like, get over there. Go get me my mask. And Josh is like, dude, what the fuck, man? (laughs) (laughs) But he goes and grabs the mask and then covers the entire boat in gasoline. And then they set it adrift. And Ray makes it to the surface just in time to see his boat get torched. Thanks, mom and dad.
0: Yeah. Also, like, Jenny is trying to comfort the dying Michael and Nicole is, like, like, trying to comfort the sad Jenny because her boyfriend just died. And Nicole's like, don't worry, we're all gonna get out if you're alive. And then the camera just pans over to Michael, who is now obviously dead.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think this is the point where Kathleen shows up and starts ramming the bad guy ship.
0: Yeah, she's flailing her tentacles all over. And Ray is like, he finds uh, Nicole and Jenny in the brig with a dead Michael. just Oh, no, wait, floating.
1: No. no, not yet, not yet.
0: What else is there?
1: Oh, um the big thing. You're about was, to
0: say that Josh got back to the boat because I think that's the only other thing I hadn't said yet, is Josh yeah. got back to the well, first boat.
1: Josh gets back, but the impact from Kathleen ramming the boat like knocked a hole in the bottom of the brig. So it is oh, filling yeah. up it is filling up with seawater and the ship is taking a heavy list to starboard.
0: <laughs> and Michael's corpse is just floating around.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think at some point Nicole was like, Here, here, Jenny, you take my jacket, you stay warm.
0: Well, I think she's giving her the diving suit.
1: The Well, the, the diving suit jacket. The top of yeah. the diving suit.
0: Insulated.
1: Yeah, because she's going into shock because her boyfriend just died in front of her. Yeah. And then by this point, it is nighttime. This is when Ray gets on board and finds the brig and then gets into a fight with henchman Josh.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I at this point I zoned out because it's a long fight that means nothing. But at some point they get entangled in a bunch of ropes and then lifted into the air by a crane and they're just struggling to, to ruckus each other, and they're failing because they're randomly tangled into ropes.
1: Yeah. Thankfully, or in my case, not so thankfully, Kathleen shows up and brutally kills henchman Josh. I covered, my, sc- I covered my screen again.
0: She, okay, now, this is gory, but I didn't warn you about it because it also looks incredibly silly. Because it's like, Josh and Ray are fighting, and then Josh just goes, ah! <gasps> And then a CGI tentacle impales itself through the back of his head through yeah, his mouth.
1: That's and a, big, like, no. <laughs> that's it, a yeah, big no.
0: Yeah, I, I understand. It sounds super grody on paper, but actually watching it, it looks so bad. Yeah, it's just a CGI tentacle is superimposed over his mouth, and he's like, "Ugh." And then Ray is able to grab the the controls and lower them back down. Yeah. And then somehow Nicole got out, and Ray is like.
1: Oh, he, when he gets back on deck, he gets a ladder and puts it into oh, the yeah, brig so cool. they can climb out. And then he's like, wait, where's Michael? And she's like, he didn't make it. It's like, no, he didn't.
0: Yeah. They they get out and they're making plans like, we got to get to the lifeboat so we can get to shore. And Ray is like, what about the opal? And Nicole's like, leave the opal. It, it's not worth our lives. It's cursed. <laughs> it's cursed by the Kraken. That's Skilla. That's not Skilla. It's Kathleen. Max shows up holding Jenny hostage suddenly, and he declares that he'll never give up the opal, even though Nicole tells him that he'll die from it too. And then he immediately does!
1: He- well, because he's like Ray got Hedgeman Josh's small gun, and is holding him at gunpoint, and Max is holding Jenny at gunpoint, and he's like, Get me the lifeboat- get the lifeboat ready, even though he's afraid of the water. And he goes to get in the lifeboat with Jenny, and Jenny is just standing at the edge of the boat and starts screaming, and Kathleen comes out and kills him. Or kills her. And then Max tries to shoot Kathleen with the only gun left on board. And then she takes his arm off and then pulls them both overboard. Bye, guys. And then Kathleen boards the ship.
0: <laughs> well, okay, okay. What's What happens? Because at some point Nicole also got knocked into
1: the sea. No, it's, it's when Ray starts hacking at Kathleen's oh, right. tentacles with a fire axe. And... Then he's yells like, Nicole, go get an axe! And then they both start hacking at the tentacles. And Kathleen takes this personally and throws Nicole overboard.
0: Yeah, but then Kathleen gets one of her tentacles stuck in a winch?
1: Yeah, and gets electrocuted to death?
0: <laughs> no, so so what happens? She gets it in the winch and it sparks to sh- demonstrate that now the ca- the tentacle is stuck. And she's flailing her other tentacles about. And every time she does, it does make the Johnny Test whiplash noise. And then... Ray goes and grabs the giant machine gun that henchman Josh had and just unloads it into Kathleen. And yeah. that's how Kathleen dies. And then yeah. he goes to the Coast Guard and is like, ah, this is my heading. We're abandoning ship. Goodbye. <laughs> and then he does. And he jumps into the lifeboat and then Nicole's in the water and Ray's able to fish her out. And they're like, wow, all our friends were dead, but at least we survived. And then they make out as the Coast Guard appears in this morning.
1: And... As the ship was sinking, we also saw a shot of the air quotes Opal returning to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, And And back in the back in the skiff, like we like we do need to mention that, like, Nicole was like, wow, I am so sorry that we forgot about the mask. That would have been so great to show all of everyone at the university. And Ray is like, good thing I didn't forget the mask. And she's like, wow, you're so incredible. Oh, did that happen? Because
0: I fully zoned out.
1: That did happen. He brought the bag with the mask onto the skiff with them. So okay. she's like, wow, you have the mask. You're so great. And he's like, I can't. Oh, yeah, this this happens every time that I save beautiful girls from sinking boats and pirates and treasure. And she's like, oh, shut up and kiss me or something like that. And so they kiss.
0: And it's like, okay, your research might have a light to stand on, but also you did get multiple people killed, including two of your interns.
1: And two boats got sunk.
0: Three boats.
1: Well, two of their boats got sunk.
0: Three boats total. And the university only cares about the one that they had to pay for, though, so really- Yeah,
1: true. And during, like, the end credits or the end montage, we see the heavy air quotes again, Opal- hanging out on the bottom of the ocean with a whole bunch of little baby Kathleen's
0: baby squid do 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 baby squid do do do
1: it's their rock do 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 it's their rock do 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 does it make them immortal do 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 are they immortal do 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 who
0: who fucking knows anymore well i thought i thought we were able to tear through this movie quickly because nothing happens and there's no stakes and the characters aren't real
1: But actually, things happen so much.
0: (laughs) Did you know... Do you know Scylla used to be a lady who had a special opal?
1: (laughs) Apparently.
0: This is all Paris' fault for flunking geology.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So apparently... So I'm just going off of the Wikipedia article here. But as we mentioned earlier, we were apparently watching the alternate version. Because apparently the original events of the movie... Or the original, like, third act was that Maxwell and his evil boat got there before Ray and Nicole's boat. And in the original cut of the movie, the bad guys forced Nicole and Ray to dive for the treasure. And like, I guess to ensure their cooperation, that's when Henchman Josh shoots Michael. Which is why it doesn't make sense that Nicole was like, I'll tell you where the mask is since Michael's already dead. And also apparently originally Nicole and Ray got to kill... Kathleen, but in the edited version, it's just Ray. I don't know why that happened.
0: Uh, Probably because it was the only cuts they could use to try and keep the continuity together, and it certainly did not help.
1: Yeah. I'm on the Wikipedia article now, and would you like to hear a clip of a review from a professional movie reviewer who reviewed this movie for real? Sure. Reviewer Troy Rogers for UGO Networks, uh, he praised the film... For its straightforward and (laughs) easy-to-follow storyline. Someone else called it an ungainly, cheap-looking, and frankly boring flick. Yeah. It's not a great movie, but I did have a decent time watching it.
0: I powered through because I knew I'd have fun talking about it.
1: Underwater harpoon chase scene. (laughs) Kathleen.
0: Kathleen! Honestly, the best part was the fact that we got to name the Kraken Kathleen.
1: True. Life goes on. Now I want to see Kraken tentacles of the deep 2, Revenge of Kathleen, where it's just all the little baby Kathleen's showing up on land to pursue yep. Ray for their blood feud because he killed their mom. Oh no! So land now they're gonna splits. kill him. <laughs> uh, if anyone from the production team is listening to this, you can have that idea, but you have to pay us each at least ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be two thirds of their product of their uh, marketing budget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Do we want to try to pick out a gold star for best song? Um, <laughs> Is it the song that doesn't exist?
0: <laughs> it's, it's the song that doesn't exist. Let me try and find what it was again. If I say, written by David Swirsky and John Fanders, performed by John Alden. If anyone involved in this movie has a copy of that song, or any of the songs, and would, like, not even send them directly to us, just, like, release them into the ether. <laughs> release them into the internet so they can live again. Yeah. <sighs> What's your gold star?
1: try to think. I think I'm gonna give it to the fact that the cast did their own stunts for this movie. Their own underwater stunts.
0: Yeah, I think I think really all of the water-based production was done very well.
1: Yeah. It's like what did what did water-based production better? This movie or Waterworld?
0: <laughs> I mean Waterworld actually probably did do it better. <laughs> let's let's be real. Waterworld did underwater production so well that they have an entire theme park based around the fact that their underwater production was so done well.
1: True, but no one died, or no one almost died in the filming of this movie, I think. Do you think that would have surfaced? Maybe. I don't know. I'm tapped out.
0: Yeah, this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a film that takes a lot of energy.
1: It really does. My worst is the fact that they call it an opal when it's clearly a sapphire.
0: And my worst is the made up myth about Scylla that has no basis in fact. True. <sighs> yeah, we record this late in the afternoon, so we, we're too tired for morning buzz and we're too early for nighttime slap happiness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True. We're just afternoon fatigue.
0: Yeah. The hunger. Yeah. Next time is our b- belated season wrap-up. We're gonna get back into the glee of it all.
1: Yee. So, uh, will we be recording that before this goes live?
0: No, so I'll make sure in our next one I have a note saying send us questions, because we'll be answering... Y'all's questions.
1: Yeah, and I will uh, post about that on Tumblr since I'm now, <laughs> I'm working on reviving the Tumblr. Nice. Oh, I should probably do the outro then. Lose Your Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. They can be found on your local podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we will work on getting there. We can be reached on social media uh, on Twitter. At Loser Like Me Pod, uh, we do also have a Tumblr for the various podcasts, which is cornerpodcastnetwork.tumblr.com. Uh, I would appreciate if anyone is interested in following us on Tumblr because we are working on getting that off the ground. Because Twitter is rapidly sinking into the sea.
0: That being said, I also managed to touch the sky. So while yeah. I, we don't have any special uh, separate feeds for anything, I w- if you want to follow me on uh, bluesky at sparkyupstart.bsky.social, then you can. And uh, along with my other normal skeets, I will be uh, sharing when episodes of our podcasts go live.
1: That is smart, and I will do that too, because I got a hookup for Blue Sky as well, and I just haven't done it yet.
0: Awesome.
1: We also can be reached at losealikemepod at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions or concerns. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, so next time, we're going to be talking about season three of Glee. I
0: can't remember anything that happened in season three. It's been too long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Sam Sadies. Oh, uh, yes. Most important thing that happened. Sam Sadies and the humiliation of Rachel Berry
0: exactly okay and those will keep me going until next time we record but until then <laughs> three two one
1: and, and that's, that's what, what you missed on Kraken tentacles AKA of the deep a
0: kathleen tentacles of the deep just go, go ahead, ahead and grab a chair and listen, listen now as we, we riff this, this show tanner and christina gonna christina figure out why we love this show, show. Better grab and your golden stars the shes cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me.
1: We'll miss you, Kathleen. Goodbye,
0: Kathleen, and may flights of angelfish sing thee to thy rest.
1: I will remember you. Du- 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 will you remember me? Don't let your life, life pass you by. In the fire of I will wait for my life to be over.
0: <laughs> okay, I think we got it.
1: Yeah, I'm out.
0: I'm out.